Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work in my office today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. Oh, are you excited for July? Do you remember what's happening in July? July. There's lots of stuff happening in July. I know. There's something fun happening in July, and it's become something bigger. But it started with me. Actually, I think it started with Dana and Jen. I thought that was in June. Okay. (laughs) Are you excited for June? I am excited (laughs) for June, yeah. Is it June? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's June. So you know what I'm talking about then? I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Our Tough Mudder. Tough Mudder. You've never never done Tough Mudder. I've never done Tough Mudder. I've never done a Tough Mudder. No, and I had no idea that this was like a dream that my wife had was to do a Tough Mudder. Really? Yeah. Really? And that's that doesn't I don't really. Yeah. She doesn't she doesn't strike me as somebody who desires a tough mutter. Yeah, but But I guess our wives were talking about it first and they asked me. They asked us. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly how it went. So I guess Dana, she's been working out in the gym with Jen a lot. Yep. And she said, Oh, she went up to Jen and said, Jen, have you ever thought about doing a tough mutter? I really want to do a tough mutter. So then they started talking about doing one together and then they Got, I think there's like 17 people or something ridiculous now that are doing it. It might be 15. I don't know how many there is. I know. I thought there was at least for sure 10. Yeah, there's definitely for sure 10. And then there's more. But this has turned into something. Yeah. This is a movement happening. Oh, it is. It is. This is. We're about to take this to the streets. (laughs) We're about to take this movement to the streets. No. We're we're going. And I'm going to be honest with you, Pastor Luke. I'm a little bit nervous about it. What? Really? And well, here's the why. You got to hear me out. You got to hear me out. So I haven't run in a very long time. I could chase you if you want. I could. <laughs> and, like I've, I've always been good at sprinting. I've not, not always been very good at like long distance running. I know it's not that long. It's only like 5K. But here's, here's why I'm a little bit nervous about it. Because my wife is a good runner. She, and, she runs. And Yeah, she runs all the time. And um, that's like part of her every single time she goes to the gym and work out. One of the things she does is she runs. And I know what you're thinking as a guy. And I'm like, I know what you're thinking as a guy if right now. I go to this tough mutter and like my wife is going to do better than me. That's exactly what you're thinking. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking. And so I get, I'm like, I have to like yeah. start training for this. You, you don't want your wife to beat you. You don't want your wife to cross the finish line and be in better order than you. Right. That's exactly that's exactly what I'm thinking about. We're gonna cross the, the finish last line. Last thing you want is her to be like, "Wow, that was awesome," and you're in the corner puking. Right? <laughs> yes. So you're on the same train of thought. That's exactly what I'm thinking it's about. Embarrassing. It's embarrassing and, for uh, a guy. So I've been I've been trying to figure. Okay, what do I need? And my wife's like, "Oh, she's like, I'm not gonna actually start like doing training runs and stuff until just like a month or so." I was like, "I'm. I, do you understand how bad I am at running?" Like, uh, what is the, the farthest you've run? Um, I don't know. Maybe like four or five miles. That's pretty far. That's, that's pretty so, good. Yeah, I think it was probably about four miles. I think I might have run one time longer than four miles, but it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go on a run. It, I was in high school, 
and you accidentally ran long ways. No, so <laughs> <laughs> well, my family was on a, like a long hike, a long wa- a big loop, uh-huh. and um, we needed to get back to the car, and like b- before a place closed, and my dad's like, "Hey, we're not gonna make it," and I said, "I will run back to the car." And then drive to – it was a, a restaurant. I'll drive there before they close so we can pick up our food. Oh, and, yeah. And he's like, okay. And, and so it he, was a long run. And it was a long run. I started and I was like, this is much farther than I thought. It was a trail run. Yeah. And that's hard. Yeah. So Twist I, your ankle? I did that almost. Yeah. I did that. I think it was in high school when I did that. I did some trail running uh, seven years ago maybe. Yeah. And it's very scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's your every single step is a nerve wracking experience where you just might roll your ankle. Yeah. Every single step. That's I, terrible. Yeah. And I feel like see here is I came up with this theology, not theology, theology, I, I, ideology. <laughs> came with this ideology about running when I was Theor- in high school. Theory, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe a theory, ideology. I don't know. This is just how I think about running. As I decided some point in high school, I just decided, you know what? I don't really like running. Most don't. <laughs> I said, but what I, I have an epiphany. What I do like is I love, I love mountain biking and I love biking, riding my bike, whether it's mountain biking down a trail um, or uh, my parents lived on, on Hickory Ridge. So I would ride all the back roads, mm-hmm. Tipsco Lake Road and Bone Road, Sackner, Rose Center, all those, all those back dirt roads. And I actually really enjoyed that. And, and I, you know, I would, I would go really hard. I would push myself to the max, tie myself as fast as I could go. This big pedal, loop. pedal, pedal, go. And so I decided, I was like, why would I run when I can ride my bike? There is a lot of truth there, and I think ninety percent of people <laughs> would love love that ideology <laughs> <laughs> and the theology. No, um, I remember my first long run. Yeah, it was it was really hard. And and I, I really had no fun. So I remember my parents, and this is when I was in. It's possible I was in like freshman high school. Okay. Uh, my parents and my sister were like long distance running. Yeah. They were new at it too. Like okay. it was it was new. They were they were excited about it. They they would not stop talking about it, <laughs> and it was really annoying to me because. I was like playing sports, and I, every single day I'm at practice, running, running, <laughs> sprinting, right. Just I am burning calories beyond calories. Yeah, and my whole entire existence is every single day I'm training. Right. I'm. I am seriously. I'm like. Oh yeah, the, and in high school you played you played soccer, basketball, and football, right? Yes. Which are like just straight running. Absolutely. All the time. All the time. You've got to be in amazing shape to last an entire game. So this is the shape I'm in. Right. And finally, and it just was annoying because here's what was going through my head. I'm just like, you, I could run you people into the ground. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So finally, I said, I'm going to join you on a run today. How far are we running today? Yeah. Six miles. I had never run six miles before my entire life. Right. But I'm in amazing shape. Right. About mile three, I realized I'm in very good shape, but I am not 
in long distance running shape. Yeah, it's there, a there's terribly, a big difference. Terribly different shape. Mm. I I could sprint and stop and sprint and stop and sprint and stop and go and stop and and all I could juke and sprint and jive for an hour and a half. Yeah. And I'm obviously I'm sweating and I'm huffing and puffing, but I always have energy for the next burst of sprinting and going. And like, yeah, that's right. soccer, that's basketball, that's football. I'm always, I'm right there. I'm strong. I feel strong. I still, I feel like I'm faster than the person next to me. Mile three into this thing, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm dying, but I'm, I can't say anything, right? Because I kind of talk trash a little bit. Like, right. let's just, I'll show you guys how it's done. I'll show you guys. How it's uh-huh. done. Oh, <laughs> mile three, I'm like, things are hurting. In yeah. my in my body that I didn't I had not, I've never felt before. Yeah, I start to get nervous because right. I'm only ha- I'm like halfway You're like through. halfway through. Aaron, by the time we finish this run, I never want to run long distance <laughs> ever again. I was dead. I was done. I cu- stick a fork in me. I'm not getting off the couch for the rest of the day. Right. A lot of respect for long distance runners. Yeah, a lot of respect. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time. There's no way that my mom, my dad, and my sister would have lasted a, a practice in right. my in my area, in my arena. Oh yeah, absolutely. So they would have died. They would have died too. So we all were kind of in shape and out of shape all at the exact same time, which tends to be what life's all about. Yeah. So that was my first experience with long distance running. I didn't enjoy it. Didn't have a good time. And I, and the whole time I was having a hard time getting mo- feeling motivated. Right. Because like you had the epiphany. Of, yeah. Biking is better than running. Yeah. You know what my epiphany was? What? Chasing a ball is way better <laughs> than just staring at this concrete ground. Right. For miles on end. I had a hard time staying motivated. What is my goal here? Because even in sports, you're just like, you have these little competitions with people. Oh, I'm 100%. Gonna, your goal is to beat that person. You're willing to break a bone in order to do it sometimes. You, you got to be faster. You got to be, <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump high. I'm going to get the ball first. Like, yeah, hundred percent. You have to, all this motivation is just—it's it, constantly changing too as the game unfolds. Your your motivation changes as the game unfolds. But running, I—what is my motivation here other than don't get hit by a car? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what my motivation is. And so I didn't—I you know, didn't really do long distance running that much. And then I married a long distance runner, and she got me into it a little bit. Yeah, and I don't. I don't run a lot. Um, yeah, well, Jen is, Jen is a great runner. She is an amazing runner. She's ran five marathons and five half marathons and countless 10Ks and 20Ks and 5Ks. It's it's crazy. She's she's lost track of the amount of races she's done. I mean, just this last summer, she did two big races. She did the Crim and Flint. Yeah. Uh, she did a uh, 10K at Kensington Park or something like that, too. And so – yeah. Yeah, um, I just cheer on, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, um, I'm getting in shape for this, but I think the tough mutter, I think the tough mutter, Aaron, is right up our alley. Yeah. So here's, I was talking to my wife about this, and I she brought up an uh, aspect that dominate those girls. I didn't, I didn't think about this. She said, Aaron, there's like 13 obstacles in the distance of 5K. So, so really, awesome. all you have to do is is just run from one obstacle to the other. And then beat the obstacle. I was like, oh, that sounds way easier than just I don't know what it is, but like that there's the fact that there's an obstacle that I, I just makes me so motivated. Like I'm I'm gonna yes. get to that obstacle, I'm gonna dominate. 
this obstacle, I know. whatever it is. Oh, yeah. So and then, and then if at some point in the race, we can get into a fight with somebody. <laughs> in the mud. Somewhere along the Rhine, whether the dust or the mud or up a wall, I don't know. But yeah. that will really increase competition. 100%. <laughs> Just joking. JK and oh. everybody. Gosh. I'm not going to get in a fight with anybody. Just the devil. <laughs> no. <laughs> Boy, if I ever see the devil, I'm going to punch him in the chin. <laughs> I feel like I have something I want to share. I don't know if I should share this on a podcast, but I'm, I'm going to share it and we'll see what you guys think about it. <laughs> I'm scared. I don't know what you're going to say. When I was When I was like five years old, and in the, in the in the train room here at Cornerstone Church, and we'll go way back. That is way back. I remember I was in a class, and our teacher was talking about the devil, and um, how the devil, you know, is bad and will tempt us and stuff. I remember this kid. He's like, "If I ever meet the devil, I'm gonna take out a knife and I'm gonna slit his throat." Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> my, the teacher like was like, "You can't beat the devil by like stabbing him or like shooting." Him. I was like, "Yeah, you can't. You was, can't hurt him or kill him." Right. I, I so think. it was like talking to us about spiritual warfare I and think how you we could can hurt him. I think you could hurt because he's gonna burn fire. Yeah, which has got to be painful. So, but, but you can't kill him. You, right. <laughs> There's like a distinct memory in my brain. Like it was traumatic. I was like, "What is this kid doing? You can't just take a knife out and stab the devil." Yeah, but, when you're um, when you're in your spiritual when you're in your spiritual formation, your spiritual <laughs> realm, and your spiritual body, I don't think you're gonna have a uh, thought of murder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, the, we should all be thankful, and, and this is something that's very. This is something that's true. All joking aside. When we die and go to heaven, yeah, we're not going to take our mind, will, and emotions with us. It's true. So when you get to heaven, the old mind, the old will, all the old emotions, yeah, of the flesh, you won't have any of those. You're gonna be, you're gonna have renewed mind. That's a right. Re, a renewed emotions, renewed will. Yeah. Everything you think of. This is all true, people. Yeah. No more joking. Every thought you have in heaven is a good thought. Right. That's why there's no evil. Yeah. Every intention is done is because out of pure love for somebody or for Jesus. Yeah. Or yourself, really. Everything. And so all that is gone. Oh, yeah. All that is gone. All the things you think you're going to, oh, yeah, it's, I'm going to hurt. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. No, that's, you're not going <laughs> to. You'll have a brand new mind. Praise the Lord. Yep, you will. You have a brand new spirit. That's that's how it works. You'll have to take on you will actually, the Bible says, take on the mind of Christ. Yeah, that's right. And so come on. Uh-huh. That's gonna be good. Let's jump into our main topic for the day. I like it. What do we got? Uh we have a problem. We have a problem. We have a problem. Like like Houston. We have a problem. Yeah. Like that? Like, like that. Exactly <laughs> okay. like that. I mean, I don't wanna like uh get in trouble with the movie Apollo thirteen. <laughs> so, so maybe, so, so maybe not like that. Maybe not like that. <laughs> I don't want to get sued. <laughs> I I highly doubt that, that listening. Ho- Hollywood is going to be listening. Is Steven to- Spielberg listening? <laughs> listening to our podcast. Did, did, did he direct Apollo 13? I can't even remember. It's I don't been know. a while since I've watched Apollo 13. Tom Hanks, don't get mad at me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we have a problem. And it is 
not what you think. It's not what you think. No, it's not. Then what is it? Well, a lot of people think the church has a problem and it's the church is full of hypocrites. Right. And that's our problem. That's the problem with that's the church. The problem it's just with the full church. Of hypocrites. It's just full of hypocrites. Yeah. I, I've heard that so many times. It's not the problem. It isn't. I, I read my Bible. Jesus, eh, there's a lot going on with Jesus. Yeah. But one of the things that he doesn't seem to address too much is a believer who's a hypocrite, so to speak, because aren't we all hypocrites? Yeah. And and it's about belief in Jesus that he's right. forgiven you even after you sin day after day after day, sometimes on purpose and sometimes on accident. Yeah. It's still Jesus. It's belief in Jesus. Right. He's solved the problem of the quote-unquote hypocrite problem. Yeah. He solved the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's I, why he came. I, I, I 100% agree. And I was thinking <laughs> about this because – Maybe if you're listening, you, you might be thinking, oh, but, but Jesus so often was calling the Pharisees and the he was calling them all hypocrites. It's because they had unbelief, not it, because... Exactly. They were exactly hypocr- what I was going to say. They had unbelief. They that's, were full of all kinds of unbelief. That's what, they're hypo- that's what he called a hypocrite, was somebody who had unbelief, but quote unquote, they were religious. They were yes. in the church. That's the hypocrite. But... What I think the message of the gospel, Pastor Luke, I heard this recently. I thought it was really good. The The message of the gospel is not that you are good or you are, you are better than you thought. No, no, yeah, no. The no, message no. of the gospel is actually you're worse than you thought. Yes. And you need a savior. You know, nobody comes <clears throat> to salvation when they're told all the time how great they are. Right, exactly. Which is why the message of Jesus Christ doesn't resonate well with our generation and the generation coming up. Yeah. Because it's because they've been told their entire life that they're awesome. That they're awesome. They can do whatever they want. Yes. You can and, become whatever you want. And, and it's, So what do I need <laughs> Jesus for? Exactly. But the truth is, is that... You're worse than you think. You're a whole lot worse than you think. Yeah. And that you do need a savior. Yes. And that his name is Jesus. Yes. And that our problem is not that we're a bunch of hypocrites because we've all messed up. We're all so... So far from Christ. Mm -hmm. The problem is... We have other problems. The real problem. The real problem. We have a problem. Oh, there's still a problem. Yes. But it's not that we're a bunch of hypocrites Uh -uh. because Jesus came to solve that problem. I will take a hypocrite who is humble and repentant any day of the week. Yeah. Any day of the week. I'll take him on a mission trip. I'll take them to, down to straight witnessing. I'll take them in my small group. I'll put them on my leadership team. I'll yeah. get them on my volunteers. I'll, right. I'm taking them. Yeah. I want them. Right. I can, oh, we, we got something we can work with here. You're a sinner saved by grace and you're repenting about it every single day of your life. Welcome to the team. We're all good. <laughs> We're so good. So am I. Here we go. Let's go. No, no. Jesus was frustrated with those who had unbelief. Yeah. Especially the Pharisees, especially. The Sadducees, the religious leaders, the priests, the, yeah. the rabbis, the teachers of the time. He, yeah. He, brood of vipers, hypocrites. And you know what? I was just reading a story. I just read through all four Gospels recently, and I was reading a story. I think it's in John, and Jesus is he heals somebody on the Sabbath, which he did a lot. Let's go, Jesus. And it's just, just a boss move. Just man. a boss. <laughs> just to stick it to him. And, and then... 
and all the Pharisees and everything, they got all upset. And Jesus made this point. I was like, man, this is the, like, this is the one of the best points that Jesus just, he just sticks it to the Pharisees, man. And it's so boss and it's so awesome. He's like, if you have a son and the eighth day is the day you're supposed to circumcise him. And it happens to be. And it happens to be the Sabbath. Yes. Aren't you going to circumcise him on the Sabbath to fulfill the law of Moses, in quotes? <laughs> so like, in but, order to fulfill the law, you got to break the law. You got to, but he said, but this man, his whole body was healed and you have no love for him and are claiming that I'm demon possessed because I healed his whole body on the Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> and and he was addressing their problem was they were so committed to the law they had no love for other people. Yeah, they that yeah, it was bad. They're bad. He had a whole problem and it set a problem on his hands. And, and and I would say that we got a little different problems these days, but Jesus addressed all those too. But we do have a problem. Yeah. What's the problem, Pastor Aaron? We got a shallow problem. We do. We got a lack of depth problem. Shallow Christians. Yeah. That's a way bigger issue. Way bigger issue. And as a matter of fact, Jesus talked a lot about shallow, depthless Christians. Yeah, he did. Um, in particular, Matthew 13, the That's parable right. of the farmer who scattered seed. Yeah. The farmer it goes out to scatter seed. He throws the seed out. It falls along four different soil types. Yep. Three of them had no depth. That's right. And the fourth one did. Yeah. Got a depth issue here. That's right. We got a shallow, we got a hard ground, we got a thorny ground, we got a stony ground. And then we've all heard the parable. Yeah. Right? right. We all know the parable. And then the disciples were still a little confused. Jesus? <laughs> yeah. What you talk about? <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Explain this more to us. What do you, what do you, what's this thorny ground? What's this shallow ground? What's this rocky ground? Well, oh, oh, okay, Jesus says. So let me explain to you more. Thorny ground is somebody who, first of all, someone who believed. Yeah. But they, then they heard the message they heard and they the were message, excited. And they heard and they received it with joy. Yeah. The Bible says. But then the cares of this world are like the weeds that grow up. Because he, he he landed in thorny ground, yep. And it, the cares of the world, choked out his joy. That's right. So it's clear that there's a lack of true depth when it comes to following Jesus. There's yeah. just there's a lack of desire, right? There, there there's something has choked out their their love for God. Yeah, that's a problem. That that is a problem. I, the, the next one was was the stony soil. Stony. The the rocky soil. Yeah. And and it, the sun scorched it or yeah, something? Yeah, the, the sun scorched it. And he said, when there's any pressure about being a Christian. Oh, some pressure. Some pressure was applied. Maybe a, a brother came and said, there's no money to be made by following the, in the ministry, going into full-time ministry. Exactly. What I, You can't leave the family business to... to f- to go on a mission for God? Exactly. See, the pressure that gets applied, it's the same pressure that's applied today. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when that pressure is applied, there was no roots. It was shallow. It was shallow. And, and the plant died. The plant died. There's a lack of desire. There's a lack of love. Lack of desire. That's, oh, yeah, I love that. Lack of desire and a lack of love. Yeah. And then the third was the... Was the... Was the... Was the path. The footpath. The footpath, yeah. Okay. 
I could read my Bible, but I'm trying to remember everything. The footpath. What happens on the footpath? As soon as the seed was sown, the bird came and the snatched bird. it away. The bird. The bird, which was the enemy. Yeah. The enemy sowed doubt. That didn't really happen. You thought God didn't really speak that to you? God, God didn't say that to you. He didn't really get healed. That was just a fluke. He just happened to, your body made you better. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. Your cells all, your cells just decided today's the day. We're going to fix this problem. The, yeah. the enemy steals the, the truth, steals the joy, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, Jesus said, John 10, 10, that's why he came is to steal. Ooh. And so he led the enemy. As soon as there's a seed of faith sown into your heart, the enemy wants to steal it away. And the enemy steals stuff by just whispering to us. Whispering. <laughs> it, he, and he does. He whispers yeah. when, no, when, when we're f- nobody else hears it but you to either, right? That's yeah. what a whisper is. That's right. And, and maybe you just had, an, um, you just experienced such an amazing day at church. The presence of God was all over you during worship. The, every word the pastor preached that Sunday, it was like, it was like a tasty marshmallow roasted over the open fire. It was just was like, this is exactly what I want. This is yeah. what I need. And you're driving home and you all of a sudden, by the time you get home, by the time you get home, right, <laughs> you doubt everything you just experienced. 100%. Oh, that wasn't the presence of the Lord. You were caught up in an emotional moment. Yep. That you just enjoyed the the tunes, the music, the melodies all came at you in the right way today. That had nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. You're just caught up in the emotion of it all. If there was no music, if you didn't, if the pastor wasn't such a great communicator. Yeah, if the pastor hadn't told the story like that. Yeah, if the pastor hadn't told the story just like that, you would have never believed. Yeah. See what the enemy does? And it steals away our desire. It does. It steals away our joy. steals away what the everything we got in that service. Mm-hmm. The enemy wants to take it away from you. He wants to take it away and... And then Jesus gave us the reason why the enemy is after you. Because he said that that fourth one that fell into the good soil, it produced a crop 30, 60, 100 times. Ooh, you are a multiplier. You are a multiplier. That's right. If you are a believer in Jesus, if you're a Christian, you were created to multiply. You were created to produce fruit. Yeah. You were created to have deep desire and deep love, a love that covers a multitude of sins, a love that covers over differences, a love that covers over little disputes, a love that reaches beyond any uh, normal, natural amount of love. We were created to multiply, but the devil loves to come in and he wants to steal it, he wants to scorch it, and he wants to choke it out before it can ever produce fruit in your life. Yep. So we have a problem, and I would say the church today, in general, has, has their church is full of people who, as the week goes on, the seed doesn't get down into the depth of the soil. Mm-hmm. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't get down yeah. in there. And we've, so we have, a, we have a shallow Christianity most of the time. And that's a problem. That is a problem. Oh, what the church could potentially be if everybody were deep, rich, yeah. producing fruit in their walk with the Lord. So that that's 
That's what we have going on today. And that's what's happening now. But I think about this, Pastor Aaron, with the few minutes that we have remaining in the podcast today. Yeah. What advice could we give people to get depth, to get this, make sure the seed that's scattered, which is the word of God, so the preacher yeah. throws out the seed, throws the seed, and it goes out and it, and the seed is scattered, which is the word of God. Yeah. And it hits the soil, which is everybody in the world. Yeah. And and how can we make sure that the seed gets down into the depth of the earth and multiplies and, and produces fruit? How can we make sure it happens? Okay, I got two things. This is just off the top of my head, two pieces of advice. One is that if you want to be hungry for the word of God, and Pastor, you talk about this all the time. Hungry for the things yes, of God. I do talk about this. happens the opposite of real hunger. Yes, so, it's so it, not flesh. Spiritual it, hunger is different than flesh hunger. Yes, okay, that, that's how you put it. That's much better than what I just said. And if you want to be hungry spiritually, you got to eat more. You got to eat. You, you got to eat more. You got to feast. You got. You just got to feed yourself. Gotta, so, okay, what does that look like? Okay, you're you're at church on Sunday and you hear a great message, and then you go home and then Monday, you read your Bible. And maybe, yeah. maybe the pastor preached, like, man, I want to read more about that passage he preached from. Then you open up your Bible on your own. You don't call up the preacher and say, preacher, preach that message to me again. Yeah. You On your own, you, you open up your Bible. You feast. And you feast and yourself. The bread. There's bread. <clears throat> the bread of life is, is what Jesus calls the Word of God. Yep. And then the second thing is that you, and this might be, be a little bit scary at first, but you start to have experiences that build your faith. Mm-hmm. And what do I mean by that? If you want to see your faith build, if you want to see a deeper desire to, to see more people come to know Jesus, you want to see a deeper desire to invite people to church, you want to see a deeper desire to be evangelistic and to be a witness for Christ, the best way to do that is to start doing it. Yeah. Maybe it's really small at first and you're, you're terrified and, and it's you just talk to a close friend and you talk to him about the Lord. Mm-hmm. But the more you start to slowly do that, just like anything else, the easier and more confident you'll become in doing that. So there's two, two pieces of advice I have for you guys to be to get that deeper desire. I like that. It's a good spot to close the podcast. It's been great to be with you today, audience. That's right. It's been great. This has not been a hearty bowl of podcast pod, podcast stew. Podcast stew. This has been more than just podcast stew. This has been a hearty plate of steak and <laughs> baked potato. We're we're still fasting. You can't talk about food right now. <clears throat> and a chicken chicken piccata. <laughs> chicken piccata. This has been a hearty plate of chicken piccata cut pod. Podcast, chicken podcast, chicken piccata podcast, Ch- chicken piccata podcast, yes, chicken, chicken podcast, chicken piccata cast, chicken podcata cast. I don't know how to say it. It uh, can't be said. We got to get out of here before this gets out of hand. All right. All right. Oh, it's been great to be with the party. It's been great to be with See you guys. You See you next week. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today.